0: Welcome to the Brentwood Youth Soccer Club podcast, developing players and developing people. Delighted to have Dr. James Timmons on our show this week, a great insight into strength and conditioning. We also hope to have Dr. James Timmons over this summer for one of our camps, a real insight into something that's really important for the game. James, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, Kevin. How are you? Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So we're on the Brentwood Youth Soccer Club podcast. Really appreciate you coming. It's a fantastic club in Long Island here in America. I know you're based in Spain, highly qualified in strength and conditioning. Why don't you start by just a brief background um, when you first got involved in soccer and how you became um, a strength and conditioning coach?
1: Okay, so well, I've been playing football, soccer, basically all my life, so I started playing at the age of eight, I played youth soccer in Ireland, and then I went on to play League of Ireland Soccer, um, which is the National League in Ireland, and then from there I went on to play in the United States of America, where we won, um, where I was lucky enough to win the National Championship over there, and then I came back and had was, had the opportunity to play semi semi professional in Australia, and then I had the opportunity to play back in League of Ireland, and then I went on to play in, uh, in the Spanish third division for a while after that while i was doing that i was studying uh, i studied sports science and uh, with the masters in strength conditioning and then i went on to do a, a phd in exercise and nutrition strategies and um, for um, f- for uh, elite sport and within that then i i started working with uh, elite soccer teams uh, across ireland and australia and then now in spain
0: Wow, it's a very impressive. I mean, you've, you've, done, you've done it all, James. You've uh, you've played youth soccer in Ireland, what is what we call travel soccer over here. You played professionally in Ireland in the professional league. You've won a national championship, as you said, in America, played uh, semi-pro in Australia. You, you've done a lot there. Um, let's start by talking a bit about you as a player. What position were you and what type of player were you?
1: I played in centre midfield for most of my career and I was mainly, um, would have been a box to box player. So um, I would have kept everything very simple. I would have, you know, (laughs) I would have to rely a lot on my uh, physical conditioning, which is how I got into strength conditioning. I would have played obviously the simple pass. So I would have effectively won the ball and passed to better players like yourself. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Very good. Well, we we call that a percentage player, such a valuable player on the field where, and just explain what that is for our players and parents. A percentage player is someone that keeps things simple, but they have a high rate of completed passes in terms of the percentage, which is really, really important. Roy Keane was a percentage player, and um, Paul Scholes was a percentage player, and so on. So really valuable player. Talk, talk to us about, because a lot of our players may go on and play uh, college soccer. They Some of them play high-level high school. What was it like winning the national championship?
1: It was absolutely amazing. It was it was one of the best experiences of my life. I have to say, it was a culmination of a lot of years of hard work, um, and a lot of say team organization, like work ethic. Um, I, I, I'm lost for words. Actually, it was it was, it was a bit euphoric. So it, it was everything came together. It was just we we put in a lot of hard work, a lot of different nationalities playing together, all singing off the same. Him sheet, I suppose you'd say. So we were all on the same wavelength. We were all striving towards the same goal. And um, we were obviously all technically good, but it wasn't just our say in a talent. It was also our our, our work ethic and, and I suppose our, our team bonding that really got us got us over the line.
0: Fantastic. And then just um, from a qualification point of view, it's Doctor James Timmons So what exactly are you qualified in now?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. No, I suppose I have a... Um my undergrad, so, would have been uh, in sports science. And then my master's was in strength and conditioning, mainly in team sports uh, with an emphasis on soccer, uh, elite soccer. And then I went on to do a, uh, I suppose, I, well, before that I did uh, what's called the CSCS, which is uh, a qualification in the United States. Uh, the National Certification of Strength and Conditioning. And then from there, I went on to do a, a, a PhD or a doctor's in exercise and nutrition strategies, um, both in, uh, I, I focus in two aspects in, in, in health aspects and then both in the elite sport too so um, it allows me to to train athletes at a high level
0: Fantastic. And then in terms of advice for players and coaches in Brentwood Youth Soccer Club, and I know this is a big question, but in terms of, you know, players, what should they be doing from a strength and conditioning point of view? And I understand that's broken up into different age groups. But if you were to start just with the basic stuff in terms of warming up, warming down, um, how important is that? And then also talk a bit about how nutrition plays into that as well.
1: Yeah. So you you, you, so you mentioned a couple of things. Strength conditioning is, is essential um, from when you start playing until when you stop playing, and I suppose your, your preparation comes into that. So that's your uh, warm, your say warm ups and your cool downs. So. There, you're right it is broken up into different age groups so depending on like if, like, if you're a 6 year old versus an 18 year old you're obviously going to have a different strength initiating approach so to keep it basically simple would be like from a 6 year old like a 6 to 8 year old they'd be working more just on like the, the fundamental movements of like throwing catching jumping landing and then you're going into a phase of what's called learning to train so that's the kind of maybe 9 to 12 year olds where they're learning the, to train that particular sport so like if it if it's we're talking about soccer, then they're learning how to take, trap a ball to shoot that type of thing, you know, as I said, to jump for a header. Then they're going to the next phase, which would be kind of like twelve to sixteen, which is the training to train phase, where they're really learning the, the That's when they're probably bringing in the as you said the 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 gym type movements of you know single leg squatting, single leg Romanian deadlifting, you know, um deadlifting, squatting, you know, but but all not really just body weight, and then maybe that's in twelve to fourteen, then maybe. At Fourteen to sixteen, you start adding in a bit of weight. and then once you become to sixteen to eighteen, when you're preparing, like that's the high end of high, the back end of high school, and trying to prepare for the, the collegiate years, that's when you can start really maybe start to add on some proper weights and to move through the powerful type of movements. Within that, then obviously you need to be you need to be preparing all the time, and your preparation comes from both your warm ups and your cool downs what I would say the warm up is what's called a an activation strategy to make sure the appropriate muscles are prepared for the sport that's ahead so like in, in soccer like that real strong core glute activation and like strong as you know a strong lower limb strength so you, can, you you know you can basically kick the ball further and, and prevent injuries and obviously then from a cool down phase and right through then to a recovery phase that you know that you're having an appropriate cool down, which, which is important, but it's not as important as the, the after cool down when you go home, your nutrition, your sleep, you know, your hydration, and then maybe even you know, things like hot and cold showers, compression, all those type of stuff. And by doing those continuously every day, week on week, month on month, year on year, by the time you get to the collegiate years, you're physically prepared to withhold the, the next four years of college and hopefully then go on to a professional career.
0: Yeah, and then in terms of you know advice, let's start with the coach. I mean, we've got coaches, obviously, um, in Brent with some really, really good coaches, very engaged. And um, you know, what? How should they look at this when they when they? Uh, what, how much should they get involved in the strength and conditioning aspect of it?
1: I think from a coach's perspective, what they should be looking at is look. They say they, they, they should be well. They don't have to be experts in strength and conditioning, but they need to understand. Wh- like how it's useful. So what a lot of coaches fall into the trap of, they look at someone like, Ronaldo, for example, I think okay. Ronaldo's done a lot of S and C work or strength conditioning. And, you know, Ronaldo's ripped, and you know he's a six pack and all that. But that's not really why Ronaldo is good at what he does. Ronaldo has a six pack and is ripped, is because he looks after himself in terms of his nutrition, his sleep, and his stress levels. But the, the reason why his strength conditioning is so good is because he every day wants to be the best. So he picked the activities, and that made him. You know, so like for example, he wants to improve his speed or his jump height or his power in a shot. So the exercises he picked were conducive to to allowing him to improve in that area. So I think what what's important for like for, for your coaches is to understand the what is important in SNC and what's not important. So rather than train for aesthetics, you're training to improve your performance on the field. Does that does that make sense?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And then in terms of the players themselves and you know. I understand as they get a bit older, they, they've got to take uh, strength and conditioning a lot more serious. You know, what can players be doing outside of actual training? Is stretching and flexibility important? We, let's touch on nutrition. How important is that?
1: Yeah, I, I, that's a great point. So I think if you look at, let's say you mean, so mobility and flexibility or stretching, as you call it, which, which is the same thing, is, is is extremely important. And that comes into the cool down period, and that comes into the recovery phase. So if you can add that in on a you know daily and weekly basis, that will probably prolong your career. So the likes of Ryan Giggs, for example, would be a well known advocate when he would you know he played into his forties in in the in the Premier League, which is unheard of for an outfield winger or midfielder. And the reason for that was because not only was he fundamentally strong and he looked after himself but he you know he was doing yoga pilates type movements which kept him what we could say long and strong as movement so though so mobility and flexibility is essential and um, for let's say avoiding injury and maintenance or prolonging your your career in terms of then nutrition i mean having an, an appropriate diet um what I would say is an appropriate an appropriate diet uh, won't turn a bad player into a good player, but but a bad diet would turn a could turn a good player into a into a bad player. Does that make sense? So like it's re- you what you eat you are what you eat. So the better you eat, um, it, it prepares you better for the game, and then also helps you to recovery. And I'm going to elaborate on that side just to keep going. But if particularly in soccer. Um, in the second half of a soccer game, if you are low on carbohydrates, for example, you um- your um, high intensity runs will decrease it will happen anyway over the due course of 90 minutes but if you haven't fueled correctly you're, you you'll sprint less so then obviously if you sprint less at high intensity like the way Liverpool will play you're not going to play as well okay that, that's obvious and um, also then your mental fatigue if, if you're fatigued then mentally you'll make bad decisions so you'll probably then you know maybe you'll you'll shoot wildly your control your touch will be gone all those type of things so that'll end up leading you to play worse. Also, from a recovery perspective, you want to play every three days or train again at a high intensity. It's really important that your carbohydrate levels and your protein levels are high so you can recover well to train hard again the following day or etc. So does that make sense? It's, it's not just the playing. It's, the, it's, it's how you recover and able to, to, to maintain your training going forward.
0: Yeah, it's so insightful, James. And I know um, there's so much to talk about and so much detail you can go into. And um, I think it's important to just to to say to our listeners that we are very much hoping to have you over this summer to do some stuff with the club. We're hoping to run a camp in August. We're hoping to get you out there to work with the kids and also do a a seminar in person with the coaches, which would be absolutely fantastic. And um, but thank you so much for coming on today. We'll get you back on, and we really hope that you get a chance to come over in August thanks James
1: looking forward to it. thank you goodbye